Welcome to the ASHP Advantage Podcast, engaging the experts on ASHP Official, featuring conversations with top-level practitioners about the latest issues in pharmacy and healthcare. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, where we sit down with content matter experts and discuss what is currently top of mind in the world of pharmacy. My name is Matthew Rewald, Pharmacy Technician Education Coordinator and Assistant Professor of Pharmacy at Mayo Clinic. I am joined by Tyler Darcy, Manager of Pharmacy Training and Development at Boston Medical Center. Today's episode is part of the ASHP Advantage podcast series, Engaging the Experts, featuring conversations with top-level practitioners. This episode is sponsored by Chiesi USA and is for informational purposes and not approved for continuing education credit. Please visit the Technician Recruitment and Retention Resource Center at www.rxtechteam.org for more resources on this topic. Tyler, thanks for joining me today. Let's get started talking about today's topic on pharmacy technician career development. So for my first question, how has career trajectory for technicians changed over the course of your time in the profession, Tyler? Hey, Matt. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, joining. It's a great question. Um, I was just thinking the other day, I was teaching a class and I was kind of doing my introduction and I, had, I was thinking to myself, you know, how long have I been doing this? And it's, you know, eight or nine years or so. So it really goes by in, a, in the blink of an eye. Um, the opportunities for career advancement for technicians have increased dramatically over the last five years, over the last 10 years, over the last, you know, 20 years. Um, more states are licensing technicians, certification is being required, and the individual positions that technicians can have have increased in scope as well. Um, there are some obvious examples brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic with technicians immunizing across the entire country um, as a temporary federal measure. But now many states, if not most states, have made that uh, part of their you know, permanent infrastructure or healthcare in their states, you know, having technicians immunize. Uh, but beyond that, we have technicians doing med rec. We have technicians in operations positions, training positions, compliance positions, finance positions. I could go on and on and on. Um, I think one of the interesting things, the way I usually describe it to people who come to work at Boston Medical Center is we have a ton of these advanced positions that combine your pharmacy knowledge and pharmacy skill set that you got in entry-level positions with some sort of other passion or hobby or interest, whether it be IT or education or finance, uh, things like that. So it's it's really nice to see all the uh, different ways that technicians can advance and combine some of their, their other skill sets outside of pharmacy. What do you think? Yeah, no, I completely agree, Tyler. I think you know, the last 20 years have seen a pretty dramatic shift in the career trajectories for pharmacy technicians. I know when I started in pharmacy nearly 20 years ago, I viewed this as just a position, just a job. And I think what I've really seen over the past 20 years is the profession has really moved towards recognizing this as a career, as a long-term profession, and recognizing pharmacy technicians' role in the overall healthcare system. Kind of like you stated, Tyler, there's an immense amount of opportunity that quite frankly may or may not have existed in the past. And because of all the initiatives that are going forward in our profession to 
strengthen the pharmacy technician profession, strengthen the opportunities, and really create these pathways for advancement for technicians. I think we're going to continue to see this grow over the coming five to 50 years. And I think uh, one of the most exciting things about this whole process is really just seeing all the different state boards of pharmacies and all the different key players in our profession really understand the value that pharmacy technicians play in this profession and really go out of their way to advocate for everything moving forward. So yeah, I say the same thing to my students, you know, the skills that you bring aren't highly different than what you've used in other careers. But I think what's unique about pharmacy is being able to use these skills in this unique arena where we're helping each and every single patient that comes into our organization and provide them with the and take care of the needs of those patients in whatever capacity that is, whether it's finance, whether it's IT, whether it's compounding, whether it's filling prescriptions. So yeah, completely agree with everything you said. I think we're at a pretty exciting time for the pharmacy technician profession. You know, but unfortunately, when you're dealing with progress, there's always barriers. So I think for my next question, I want to dive into, in your experience, Tyler, what are some of the common barriers that technicians face in career development? And in addition to that, how can organizations help support them in overcoming them? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, there are a lot of ways to to tackle this. I think one thing I want to say, a common barrier uh, is mindset. And I think you you are keyed into something really important here, which is the idea of this is a job versus this is a career. And I think that is one challenge we have is changing that perception. I think a lot of people get into being a pharmacy technician as a, as a job um, without kind of that long-term view of it. And then what happens is over time, you start to discover all the different opportunities that are available. I have, um, I'm a, an instructor for a local community college program. And I find that a lot of students that come to do the pharmacy technician program are doing it as a precursor to get their foot into the healthcare field. Some of them want to go on to do uh, nursing or, you know, some other, uh, you know, maybe more advanced healthcare profession in terms of educational requirements. And I think what students don't realize is that, you know, pharmacy technician can be an entry level healthcare field, but it can also be a pretty advanced one. And there's a lot more opportunities for advancement, um, even compared to some other entry level fields like medical assisting or certified nursing assisting, um, you know, the pharmacy technician, you can really grow and develop with that and turn it into a real career. So the one barrier is that mindset, changing the technician's view from, hey, this is a job to this is a career. And I think that allows people to be more motivated in their positions. You know, even if you're starting out, you know, it's your first job at a retail pharmacy. If you know that you can go on and, you know, eventually administer a 340B drug program, it's a little bit more motivating to, uh, you know, grow that career. So mindset is definitely one of them. The other one that I've been talking a lot about recently is professional skills. I think a lot of technicians don't have the opportunity to develop the professional skills that are expected in some of these more advanced positions, especially if you get into supervisory or managerial professions. And you know, we've been talking about this on the ASHP side for a little bit. We talked about this at mid-year in the executive committee, and we're, uh, you know, kind of proposing some ways that ASHP can address this, but organizations can address this very directly by providing professional skill workshops to their staff. Um, and when I say professional skills, I mean things like 
resume writing. I mean things like email etiquette, um, meeting etiquette, how to schedule meetings, how to conduct a meeting, how to create an agenda for a meeting. Uh, these are all things that you know people who do technician work, which is you know pretty difficult in and of itself, are capable of. But they need the opportunity to learn those, and it's not something that you're going to learn, you know, uh, staffing a hosp- an inpatient hospital pharmacy or uh, an outpatient retail pharmacy. So I think that is one uh, missing piece sometimes that organizations can help uh, create that lift. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think you hit a really powerful point there, Tyler. When you're thinking about being a pharmacy technician, I had a colleague tell me recently, they have yet to meet a young student in, let's say, grade school or high school who says, when I want to, when I grow up, I want to be a pharmacy technician. That thought doesn't exist, yet you hear countless examples of, I want to be a nurse, I want to be a doctor. And I think that really goes into something that you started touching on, is that we need to help individuals understand that this is more than just a job. This is a career, and there's a lot of unique opportunity, kind of like we said in the previous answer. But I think what's really important to see, and you also touched on this too, is having organizations provide that support. And that support doesn't just involve creating and offering these opportunities for resume development, um, for interviewing skills, you know, a lot of those professional skills that we want to teach our technicians, but also allowing the time and the bandwidth for pharmacy technicians to participate in this. One thing I've seen over the years is that we offer these amazing opportunities, and there's a lot of unique ways we can do it, such as partnering with uh, residency programs, partnering with other professional development organizations in or professional development departments within the organization. But that's not going to do anything if we don't give technicians the time and bandwidth to participate in these career development opportunities. So I think, you know, definitely recognizing that there's a need for it and then having organizations provide the bandwidth for technicians to participate in these opportunities. That would definitely be the one thing I I would add to that, that I see as a very common barrier is really just affording that time for technicians to participate in this professional development. So, you know, we kind of talked about where can we go and what are those barriers? So the question is, where is the profession going in the future, right? We already started talking about that the profession is continuing to evolve. And I think, like you stated, the last five to 15 years has shown tremendous growth and opportunity for what we can do as pharmacy technicians. So Tyler, from your perspective, uh, having extensive pharmacy experience and working with many different pharmacy technicians throughout their development journey, where do you see the profession advancing in the coming years? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, the growth has been so exponential. I think it's hard to predict, but I can talk about some of the things that I'm, I'm most excited about. I really like that the PTCB came out with the advanced credential uh, a few years ago, and they have really been expanding the number of assessment-based certificates that support that advanced credential as time goes on, uh, reaching into all the different specialties. They, I think they just launched, you know, uh, supply chain um, and inventory management. They've got billing and reimbursement, drug diversion. They have, uh, they launched with uh, product, technician product verification. And I think that's one area that is uh, pretty interesting. So a lot of inpatient pharmacies, inpatient hospital pharmacies have been doing some sort of version of tech check tech. Um, Technicians checking other technicians work, or even in some cases, technology checking technicians work through barcode scanning. Um, There have been uh, quite a few pilot projects. I did a continuing education uh, recently about the um, pilot in Tennessee for 
uh, technician product verification in retail outpatient pharmacy uh, settings. And so I think that's an interesting avenue. And the results of the pilot project were really successful there. Pharmacist hours weren't reduced. The accuracy rates uh, went up. And I think that's something that's pretty interesting and it'll need to be replicated you know, many times over before it becomes commonplace. But I think of it as something similar to the MedRec phenomenon, you know, MedRec phenomenon, the MedRec uh, phenomenon being that, you know, when pharmacy staff do MedRecs, even pharmacy technicians, they produce more accurate results than if you just ask the nurse in an emergency room setting to do that. And that's not because the pharmacy staff has more training or experience or education than the nurse necessarily. It's because they're dedicated to that one task and the nurse is doing, you know, a hundred other things as part of the intake for that patient. So if you allow someone to be dedicated to one specific task, you're going to get a more accurate result there. If we think about an outpatient pharmacy setting, your typical retail, say, local community pharmacy, the pharmacist, and sometimes often there is only one, is uh, verifying all of the individual products that go out. But they're also answering the phone. They're also doing consultations. They're also filling robots. They're also helping their, their technicians wherever they can doing insurance errors, typing prescriptions, uh, answering phone calls from providers. And so, you know, sometimes things get lost in the mix. So I think that's an interesting avenue that we we can go down. Um, What about you? Where do you see, where do you see things going? I'm interested to get your perspective. Yeah, I mean, where is the profession not going (laughs) is I think the better question. You know, when you're looking at the pharmacy technician profession, kind of like we've started already discussing, we're going into more and more arenas than ever before. And I think what's really interesting to take note of, and you kind of highlighted this with a lot of the expansion of work that's going out into our outpatient pharmacies, into our ambulatory care. I think what's becoming more apparent is the public perception of the role that pharmacy plays in healthcare. What I've seen in the last couple of years is more and more people are being clued in to the value that pharmacy provides them as a patient, as a consumer. You know, when when obviously the pandemic happened, pharmacy got thrown in the spotlight because all of a sudden we have these trained individuals who have the capacity to immunize patients at a high level. So I think, you know, the emergency authorization allowing pharmacy technicians to participate in immunization really actually benefited our profession to show the public the value that we bring to healthcare. And I think we're going to continue to see that grow. You know, when we're thinking about where is the profession advancing in the coming years, I think what I am experiencing, even in my role as an educator, more people are becoming aware of pharmacy and that age old thought of, oh, pharmacy is just about filling capsules, filling tablets, counting, you know, that's starting to shift. It's going to take a lot more concerted effort and a lot more advocacy on all the parts of all the key players involved. But I do think that that movement has started. And I think the other component of that is really the idea that education and training is becoming more and more critical to the long-term success for pharmacy technicians. Kind of like you already touched on, there's a lot of new uh, services that pharmacy technicians are being involved in. And I think that's going to continue to grow. Again, as pharmacy extends its reach into the healthcare system, and we're being asked to do more and more involved in the different practices necessary to serve our patients, we need to ensure that pharmacy technicians and pharmacists are educated and trained to be able to perform these skills. And I think competencies are going to continue to play a bigger and bigger role. How can we ensure that, you know, these pharmacy technicians are prepared? 
to do these advanced roles. And again, you already touched on it. I completely agree with you. I think these advanced credentials are definitely a step in the right direction. I think the next step that organizations really need to think about is how can we leverage these opportunities and build them into our career development structures to provide additional opportunity and career development for our pharmacy techs. I think we're going to talk about that a little later about, again, what can this actually do for organizations? But kind of touching back on the point I just made a moment ago, you know, that education and training is really going to be critical to ensure the long-term success for where our profession is advancing in the future. So, you know, Tyler, being a manager in education and training and development, I'm, I'm curious, what role do you think formal training programs will play in technician career development? Why is the creation, formation, and implementation of these formal training programs so critical to ensure that long-term success? Yeah, that's a great question. All of this is really tied together. You can't, you can't truly talk about one of these aspects, right? The the exponential growth in career advancements for technicians without also on the other side talking about the uh, increase in formal training programs and really the future increased need for for advanced training programs. You know, ASHP accredits, um, you know, through partnerships, accredits uh, technician training programs and they have uh, entry level and advanced programs that cover uh, different topics. You know, I always tell people, you know, we're a lot of the technicians are excited about the increase in scope of practice that we've seen over the last few years. And I think that trend is going to continue, but it is a necessity that as the scope and the responsibility of technicians increases, so does the level of formal education uh, that they need. Now that sometimes looks like, you know, traditional education, you know, associate's degrees, things like that. And sometimes it looks like uh, career development, pro workforce development programs, like, uh, you know, community college, you know, certificate programs or PTCB certificate programs. But the, these have to go hand in hand. If you look at, you know, what pharmacy technicians do as a, an industry, as a profession in other countries and a lot of other countries, especially Canada, Euro European countries, uh, you know, even in the U.S., uh, military pharmacy technicians, they have an increased scope of practice compared to traditional uh, American pharmacy technicians. Obviously, that's a state by state decision, but the, you know, the general gist of what technicians do is not super different from state to state. But in these other practice settings in these other countries, they have a higher scope of practice, but they also have significantly higher uh, standards for uh, education. And they are, um, this is going to sound silly, but standardized uh, standards, right, across the board. Um, even in a place like Puerto Rico, you need an associate's degree uh, to be a pharmacy technician. So we see, you know, this wide range of uh, standards of education and also scopes of practice. And these, you know, these are not independent uh, variables. So I'm excited that we have uh, these ASHP approved programs popping up all over the country. Um, I'm excited about the PTCB certifications, and I'm excited to see where we're going to be in five years, what's going to be required for the most advanced technicians in their field. Yeah, so Tyler, kind of feeding off of that, what do you see are barriers for the formation of these training programs? You know, I've talked to many different healthcare organizations around the country, and I, I consistently hear, yeah, that's great. We, I understand that we need to build a formal training program, but there's reasons that we can't, and let me tell you those reasons. So I'm curious from your perspective, maybe in, you know, networking with other colleagues or what you've experienced in your own organization, 
what do you perceive are some of those barriers to the formation of these training programs? And if, if, you know, maybe you could elaborate too, what are some ways we might be able to overcome those barriers? Sure. Yeah. Um, I've had, I've had a, a decent amount of experience with, uh, Boston Medical Center doing our own kind of in-house technician training program, uh, but then also uh, doing a more traditional community college program. So I think there are your, you know, traditional resources, uh, traditional barriers, excuse me, like resources, right? Time, money, all of that is required to develop a, a technician uh, technician training program. But sometimes even if an organization is willing to dedicate time and uh you know, money towards one of these programs. One kind of unique uh, issue that we've noticed is interest. And that kind of goes back to the idea around uh, the perception of the pharmacy technician. That's something we talk about through the technician forum at ASHP a lot, the perception of the technician. And we touched on it earlier around, uh, you know, nursing is a more attractive um healthcare profession to some people and precursors to nursing are often seen as, you know, medical assisting and CNA, not pharmacy technician, right? There are even some PA schools that take uh, pharmacy technician hours into consideration. It's interesting. Um, so I think we have to do a lot of work to change that perception. I think cost to students can be an issue as well, you know, depending on how you structure your program, if you're charging tuition to students, I've seen some really interesting models where, you know, hospital-based programs will actually just hire the students and pay them for the training. So it's flipping the kind of traditional education model directly on its head. Um, and some of those require time commitments, right? Like six months after graduation, you have to work, uh, you know, for the organization in order to get that free tuition. So there are ways that you can do it to incentivize uh, people to stay with your organization. But I am seeing less and less the traditional pay this upfront tuition to do this six month program. I think that is, is, um, you know, becoming less and less uh, common. And I think we're going to start moving towards this model where either uh, programs are free, uh, you know, upfront, or uh, even there is some sort of stipend um, to get people into the field. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely speak to that as well. I think um, when you're looking at the formation of pharmacy technician programs, the first and most important thing is wh wh where's the money coming from? How is this going to be recouped? What's the ROI? Is this going to be tuition based or is this going to be like you mentioned, you know, you're hired and then trained on the job? You know, I, th I think this is an age old question we've dealt with. And, you know, ASHP ACP accreditation has been around for nearly 40 years. And when I talk to people about that, they're, they, didn't realize that. They're like, oh my goodness, this has been around for 40 years and we still haven't done it. Why isn't this standardized yet? And I think it all goes back to money. Again, there's a lot of resources that need to be involved in the formation of these programs. One exciting trend I've seen a few organizations start diving into, including my own, is the idea that, and you kind of touched on this earlier, Tyler, the idea that this is all cyclical. The formation of pharmacy technician programs are creating an entry an entry point for technicians into the, into the profession, and then organizations can leverage education and training to build advanced education and training to keep pharmacy technicians. You know, obviously, our big focus right now isn't only on recruitment, it's also on retention. So how can we retain these technicians? We recruit them through offering these unique opportunities for formal training that can provide a long lasting career. And then we retain them by professionally growing them 
and creating technicians, the path, creating the pathway for technicians to have advanced opportunities within your organization. And then kind of the final bullet point in making this all a perfect cycle is then awarding the technician appropriate compensation for achieving those benchmarks and for completing that advanced education and training. So we're going to kind of touch on that in just a minute. And actually that kind of fits into my next question. You know, what is the importance of advanced credentialing and training in creating these more advanced technician positions? We talked earlier about it's great that PTCB and these other organizations are creating these advanced education and training opportunities for pharmacy technicians. But why is the formation of that important for these positions? And why do you feel it needs to continue to grow? Yeah, I think the the most important uh, the most important part of these advanced uh, credentials and even the advanced technician positions is that we find that with increased education and training comes improved performance. And at the end of the day, that means patient safety. So that is kind of the ultimate goal really of almost all healthcare professions, right? That's your number one uh, standard is, is patient safety. So it's interesting to see the growth over the field of the last, you know, like we've been talking 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and you can kind of see where things are going, right? So uh, certification pops up and then eventually it's required. Almost all hospital positions either require certification for hire or within a certain amount of time. And if not, it's heavily, heavily encouraged by the organization because they see value in that. So over the last couple of years, these advanced credentials have from PTCB have popped up. And it's very rare that I see them required for any position. I've started to see them work their way into, uh, you know, preferred designations for certain advanced roles. Um, and so, you know, time marches on slowly and we're going to see, I think over the next 10 years, we're going to see those start to become required for some of these advanced positions. Because if you're a hospital leader, uh, you know, pharmacy director, chief pharmacy officer, but even larger than that, anyone who's managing a healthcare organization, who do I want compounding my sterile IVs? If I have a choice between two relatively equal candidates and one has a, a certified sterile uh, product technician certificate from PTCB, I'm going to go with that person because I, I have a little bit more confidence in their skill set because it's been demonstrated through the credential. And so you can apply that to all of your advanced positions. For MedRec technicians, if you have a medication history certificate, that's great because I have a little bit more confidence in your ability to keep our patients safe. Yeah, I, th I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Tyler. I always refer to these two terms kind of simultaneously. It's about competency and compensation when you're talking about advanced education and training. We, to what you said, who, who are you going to take? Someone who has demonstrated competency and knowledge in the area that they're looking to jump into, or are you going to take someone that you'd have to train and educate from the ground up? You're typically going to go for the individual who's already been verified and trained and has achieved that competency level. Um, and I think that also feeds into human resources. In my experience, you know, we've been trying to move the compensation needle forward for pharmacy techs for as long as I've been in pharmacy, 20 years now. And the biggest thing I always hear as kind of a commonality and reverberating statement when I'm talking to human resources is we can't pay more for a job description that requires just a high school diploma. 
because when you're looking at that, they have to benchmark that against all other positions in the organization that just have a high school diploma. So the value that advanced credentialing does, these advanced certifications, and in some cases, even degrees are beginning to be required for many positions. Not only does that verify competence and provide that sound of that, that peace of mind for the pharmacy leader that they have someone who's educated and trained for the position, but it also allows human resources to re-benchmark and look at other comparable positions that, oh, now it needs an advanced credential that can essentially lead to potential increased compensation. And I think you hit a really important point. I've seen cases where when that's put as a preferred qualification, that's not going to move the needle forward. But if it's a required piece of the job description, then it has to move the needle forward because they have to look at comparable positions that, again, require advanced certification and training. So I think as we move forward in this career, and we touched it early, uh, touched on it earlier, as these opportunities begin to uh, make themselves known, we can leverage these opportunities to help drive the age-old question of how can we pay our technicians more and get human resources on board? Because there's very few pharmacy directors I've met that don't agree we need to pay pharmacy techs more. Most of our pharmacy directors understand that. And the barrier tends to be the organization, the organizational structure. Again, how can we benchmark this against all other positions? So I think we've hit on a lot of important points, you know, talking about the formation of these programs and these credentialing uh, opportunities is going to continue to grow. And it's incumbent upon us in pharmacy leadership to identify ways in which we can reward pharmacy technicians for this, which then will continue to change that public perception on, oh, pharmacy, being a pharmacy technician is a career. Let me tell you thine ways in which I can move forward in my career. Um, so I think I want to start wrapping this up, Tyler, and actually ask you kind of just a question that technicians listening to this and pharmacy technician leaders listening to this can also think about. But what is some advice you would give to technicians looking to advance their careers? What are those next steps that our technicians should move towards if they want to advance their careers? And then maybe if you want to speak on this too, what can pharmacy leaders do to foster that? Yeah, that is, that's the ultimate question, right? What actionable steps can both technicians take to advance their careers and then pharmacy leaders take to and empower and enable uh, their technicians to do that? So I think on the technician side, um, this is, you know, rather cliched, uh, a cliched saying, but, you know, I really advise everyone to treat their current position, you know, in a way that is going to prepare them for their next uh, position. So, you know, if you're an entry-level technician in an outpatient retail pharmacy, you really want to do the best job that you can um, so that you can move on to that that next step. You know, treat that as the very beginning of your career, not just a, a job like we've talked about. Um, the other thing is, you know, kind of like what we've touched on as well, prepare yourself for some of these more advanced education uh, and training programs. Um, I think a lot of organizations, especially the healthcare systems, have some sort of educational benefit. I know internally we have a pretty generous educational benefit, but one barrier that we've found is people don't know how to utilize it or they don't know what programs are best for them to do. You know, even the PTCB advanced certifications are becoming pretty extensive now. And so it's hard to know 
okay, there's 10 different certificates, which ones are most valuable to me? Which ones should I take? And so there can be a partnership there, right? It's like, you know, both people have to extend a hand, the organization and the technician. So you have to be ready and willing and able to do some of this advanced training and education, but there has to be a path forward for you to do it or a guide for you to do it. Um, so and that is, you know, more on the organizational side, I would say, Think of your role as guiding your teams towards these destinations. Where are they? Where do you want them to be? The part that is missing for them a lot of times is the roadmap of how to get there. And I think it's really important to formalize that. So, you know, if you're an organization that has, you know, these advanced, say, medrec positions, there should be some sort of formal way, whether it's documented in, you know, you could do a video series, you could do, you know, something as simple as a Word doc, you could do something as, you know, monthly meetings or encourage supervisors and managers to have these development conversations. But there should be some formal pathway where someone can learn about how they can go from a tech one in your outpatient retail pharmacy to a medrec technician or a compounding technician or an inventory supervisor or any of the number of positions that you have. It's going to depend on the organization. Some have more or less, but however many you have, there should be that roadmap for technicians. And that is, I think, a, an immediate short-term goal that they can pursue. We've talked about some of these more longitudinal things like compensation and changing the perception from you know HR and job descriptions and things like that. Um, and those will come with time. But that immediate step is providing the roadmap for what already exists, help people leverage the benefit, any educational benefits uh, if they exist, and then help them figure out how to advance their careers. Because a lot of them are willing if, if they have that hand extended to them. Yeah, that's great advice for organizations. I think, again, like you stated, there's a lot of longitudinal opportunities we can do, and that does tend to be the focus on leadership and how can we drive the needle forward in regards to recruitment and retention. But I think what are those actionable steps? And again, yeah, creating that roadmap. You don't know what you don't know. That's what I always tell uh, the students I work with in pharmacy, in the pharmacy technician profession is we need to, as leaders, show the way and how pharmacy technicians can move forward in their career. And the only thing I would add to what you stated, Tyler, is the power of networking. When I started moving my career forward, really began when I joined the local and state organizations. I think it's easy to stay in our bubble and understand what does it mean to be a pharmacy technician at Mayo Clinic, at Boston Medical Center. But what we don't realize is what does it mean to be a pharmacy technician? Forming that professional identity and the way you grow in that professional identity to move your career forward is to network, is to get to know like-minded individuals around your local area and even around the country to see about how did you move into your role, Tyler? How did you move into your role, Matt? And having those conversations can create that, that roadmap and that pathway for technicians to think about, oh, I never thought about it like that. I didn't know a pharmacy technician could do X, Y, and Z, and this is how they got there. So I think networking is also a key component you know, in that puzzle. But I think you really touched on the biggest thing that organizations need to do is create that roadmap for our technicians to be successful. Because at the end of the day, again, these things are going to continue to change. How are we going to get there? We have to show them the way. Well, Tyler, I think what you and I could talk about this all day, but that's all the time we have for today. So I want to thank you, Tyler, for joining me today for this great discussion. 
Don't forget to check out the resources available at www.rxtechteam.org on recruitment and retention strategies for pharmacy technicians. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I know I did. And be sure to subscribe to ASHP Podcasts through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for the ASHP Advantage Podcast, Engaging the Experts. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time for more expert perspectives on ASHP Official.